Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. If you don't have one, we'd love to give you a Bible. Uh, You can actually get those in the info area. And all the things that I'll be reading from the Bible will be on the screen behind me. And so John chapter 12. Like I said, we are in the fifth and final week of a series that we're calling Blessed. And this is a series all about generosity, which, by the way, is one of our 10 values as a church. And so at our church, we have a mission, we have a vision, and we have values. And our values answer the question, what makes us uniquely us? And what is so important about values is that values always will determine your decisions. And so we have a value centered around generosity, and here it is, that generosity is our privilege. It's that that's a value of it's who we are. It's not that we have to be generous, we get to be generous. It's who we are. It's part of our DNA as a church. That's why you show up today and we, we are providing today uh, because one of our dream teamers it got put on her heart. It's not because I sat in some meeting and said, hey, we're going to do this. But somebody on our dream team put on her heart, like, hey, here's what I want to do. I want to provide free Christmas photos for families today. And so that's happening today. And here's why. Because that's who we are. That's what we do. Generosity, that's our privilege. That's why we do things like giving tree. Because we want as a church to be like, oh, oh my goodness, an opportunity to be generous. We don't have to do that. We get to do this. Generosity, that is our privilege. And our theme verse for this series has been Luke chapter 11, verse 28. And this is Jesus talking. And he says, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. In other words, that when we listen and obey God's word, we are blessed in this area of our life and every single area of your life. And I may have to say something that may shock you. Got real quiet in church. God wants to bless you. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart that God wants to bless you. And here's the simplest Middle Tennessee public school education definition that I can give you of blessed. And here it is, that when God gives me more than I need for myself. So when I think of the word blessed, that's what I think of. That God gives me more than I need for myself. And by the way, that applies to way more things than just finances. Because I believe that God does give us sometimes finances that are more than just what I need for myself, but sometimes he gives us more energy than we need for ourselves. Sometimes he gives us more time than we need for ourselves. Sometimes he may give us even creativity and ideas more than we just need for ourselves. And the question is why? Why does he bless us? Why does God wanna bless us? Why does he want to give us more than we need for ourselves? And here's why, God blesses me so I can be a blessing to others. That you and I, we are blessed to be a blessing. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. Let me show you this in the Bible. This is Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse one. 
And it says, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. This is God talking and he says this, I will bless you. I will bless you. There's a promise. I will bless you and make you famous. And here's why I want to do this. And you will be a blessing to others. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So some of you are like, yeah, but that was to Abraham. That's Genesis. That's OT. That's Old Testament promise. And that's God talking to Abraham. That's not God talking to to me and you like so many years later, right? Really? Listen to what it says in Galatians chapter three. In the New Testament, in verse 14, it says, through Christ Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done, God has blessed the Gentiles, meaning if you're not Jewish, that's you that God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing that he promised to Abraham. Meaning that if you've made the decision to follow Jesus, you have the same promise, that you are blessed with the same exact blessing. In other words, that you and I are blessed to be a blessing. Now that one was for free. That doesn't have anything to do with today's message, but it was so good this week in study. And I was like, I gotta share this with the church. So today, here's my goal. My goal today is not to inspire you. My goal today is not to impress you. My goal today is to practically help you. That's it. By the way, like I've dreamed of a church. And we, when we started this church 64 weeks ago, I dreamed of a church where our Sundays would always, every single week, affect our Mondays. Like I, I, I call it practical Christianity. That God's word is alive and active. And it speaks to us in 2019, almost 2020, in a way that it could, where it should affect every single area of our life. And what I love is that I want to be a church that what we do in here affects our day-to-day lives out there. Listen, I have no desire to play church, to go through the motions and walk out the same way as I walked in. No, like I came to church, you gotta get this. I came to church to experience the presence of God. I came to church to experience the power of God and to walk out of here different than when I walked in. Is anybody with me today? So today my goal is to practically help you. So if you're taking notes and we actually provide something for you to take notes in, in the worship guide that that we hand you when you walk in. And so if you're taking notes, I want to talk about just this topic of the next few minutes, three levels of generosity, just three levels of generosity. And so let's go to John chapter 12 at the passage that I asked you to turn to at the beginning. And we're going to start in verse one. It's an awesome story. It says six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived at Bethany, the home of Lazarus the man he had raised from the dead. And in the margins of my Bible, I wrote NBD, like no big deal, just no big deal. I just raised this dude from the dead, Tuesday, okay. And it says, a dinner was prepared in Jesus's honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12 ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard and she anointed Jesus's feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair and the house was filled with that fragrance. 
And see then right after this, in another, in another gospel account of the same exact story, the disciples, they even look at her and they say, what a waste, what a waste. But then listen what it says in verse number four. It says, but Judas, that guy, Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him said that perfume was worth a year's wages. We'll come back to that. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. And then Jesus replied, leave her alone. Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And this story is also found in Matthew chapter 26 and Mark chapter 14. And they add one important detail that John's gospel does not. And I'll read this to you in Mark's account in verse nine. It says, I tell you the truth, whenever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed, her generosity will be remembered and discussed. In other words, that her generosity will leave this lasting legacy that will ripple throughout time, so much so that there's this church in Cincinnati, Ohio, that meets in a high school off exit five on 71 that is talking about her so many thousands of years later. And when I read this story, I instantly think of two questions when I read this. One, why did Mary give such an extravagant gift? Now, it mentioned that Jesus had healed this guy, like he had raised this guy from the dead named Lazarus. And you can actually read that story in the chapter before. But that in, in the chapter before, it also says that Mary was the sister of Lazarus. So why would she give such an extravagant gift? Because she was so grateful. Could you imagine somebody that you loved that was dead and then all of a sudden, bam, they were raised to life. You thought that you had lost them forever. But then all of a sudden, because of the power of Jesus, that they were raised from the dead. By the way, that's why we invite people to church. And so when that happens, she's so thankful that she's so great. And here's what I've learned is that a grateful heart is a generous heart. And so when you see that, you see. And so I ask that question, why? Like, why? But then there's this other question. Like, why would that upset Judas so much? It wasn't because of that lame excuse that he said, oh, can you just give it to the poor? Like, well, so why would that upset? We've been saying every single week of this series that generosity, it really isn't about money, it's about your heart. And in this story, there are two hearts on display. You see Mary's heart and that's a heart of generosity. And then you see Judas's heart, a heart of selfishness. But I want you to notice church, what revealed each heart, it was giving. It was generosity that revealed each heart. And we've been talking all throughout this series that the Bible, it says a whole lot about giving and about generosity. And as I've studied this book cover to cover, I consistently see three levels of generosity. And here's what my big prayer has been for today. Here's been kind of like my burden is to practically help you in a way so that every single one of us, me included, levels up in the next 12 months. I'm not saying today, 
But I am saying in the next 12 months that God does such a work inside of our hearts and on our generosity journeys that we can level up in the next 12 months. So three levels of generosity. And I'm gonna use this staircase as kind of like an illustration just to help you understand. So the very first level of generosity is tithing, is tithing. Now, I'm not going to spend a, a ton of time here because we actually spent a whole week in this series, week two. You can go back. We have an audio podcast that you can go and check out and you can hear all about that. And we spent a whole week talking about this. And what, what is crazy is that I've actually did some research that most stats say that five to seven percent of Christians actually reach this level. And so th- this level, and by the way, let me explain it. Here, here's kind of the definition that tithing is returning the first and best 10% to God through your local church, which allows him to bless the rest. So when we talk about this level, that's what we're talking about. It's returning the first and the best 10% to God through your local church, which allows him to bless the rest. And here's, here's one verse, Leviticus 27:30, where you see this, a tithe. That means a 10th of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs. It belongs to the Lord, it doesn't belong to us. That's why you return it, you don't give it. It says it is holy, meaning it is set apart to the Lord. See, tithing is having the faith that God can do more with 90% than you can do with 100%. It's believing that 90% blessed is better than 100% not blessed. And I've had some conversations and some people say, you know what, I just can't afford to tithe. And I would argue that you can't afford not to tithe because of what God wants to do through you and in that. And here's what I believe. After having some conversations, what I believe is that some of you have heard about tithing. And maybe even in this series, it's the first time in your life you've ever heard this biblical principle is tithing. And it's kind of like blowing your mind a little bit. And deep down, God's done a work in your heart and you want to do that. But right now you're just in a financial spot where it's like, I don't even see how that's even possible. Like your heart, it wants to, and I want you, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear that. If that's you, I, I believe with all my heart, it's not a heart issue, but it could be a stewardship issue. Is that I, I want to do it. I'm just not at a place where I can do that. And that's not, a, that's not a heart issue. That's a stewardship issue. And remember, stewardship, all it is, is simply taking care of something that isn't yours. And we've taught this entire series that God is the owner of everything and we are the stewards. And here's what we believe. We believe that generosity and stewardship go hand in hand. They just do. They're connected. It's like the two legs, these two financial legs that we stand on, that they go hand in hand. In fact, Here's what we believe, write this down, that generosity without stewardship is irresponsible. That they go hand in hand, they're both connected. That it's not enough just to be generous, but then you're actually not taking care of what God's given you. It's, they actually go together. Your generosity will increase as you're able to steward the things and be faithful with what God is giving you. And so for some of you, before you tie to the house of God, you need to get your house in order. You need to get your personal finances in order. Maybe that's to just sit down and get a plan, write out a budget. Maybe it's tear up some credit cards. Maybe it's to, to start aggressively paying off debt. And listen, I know that some of you got some student loans that they're supposed to be done at 2064, but they can be paid off before that. They can. 
They can, you know? So, um, you know, there's, there's going to be some things in your life and maybe some choices that we can make, some changes, so that you can set yourself up to get to this level of generosity. That there's some things that could be done to help you get there. And here's what I know. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be easy. It's going to require faith. It's going to require trust. It's going to require some wisdom. And I tell you what, it's really going to require courage. Because anytime we make changes, it requires tremendous courage. And it may take changing your lifestyle. And I can honestly say that since I started tithing, I've never gone without. Never. Now, let me clarify. I have never gone without what I needed. And I think that's very important that we have this conversation. Because do you need 300 channels? Like, do you need Netflix, Prime, Hulu, and Disney Plus? Like, do you need, do you need, do you need all those? Guys, do you need NBA League Pass and NFL Red Zone? Like, do you need both? This may be sensitive with some people in the room, but <laughs> do you need your hair done every couple of weeks? Why don't you rock your own hair color for a little bit, you know? <laughs> if he don't like you, after that, break up with him. He ain't the one anyway. <laughs> Paint your own nails for a couple months, you know? <laughs> oh, what about this? Um, I'm going to keep going, okay? <laughs> do, you, do you need to hit up all the sales on Black Friday and Cyber Monday, like, you, like both of them. You do, man, I, I was listening to something on Friday and I heard the most jacked up quote on a commercial. Like it, they said this, I wrote it down because I was like, oh, that is crazy. The more you spend, the more you save. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's right. See, like you're, <laughs> see, he said it. He said, no, that's crazy. I heard that, I'm like, no, no. The more you spend, the more you spend. It's like, we're actually saving money right now by buying all this stuff. Like, no, no, that doesn't make sense at all. You know, do you need to order that beverage every time you eat out? Ooh. I've saved a whole lot of money with my water and lemon. That's it, over the years. Do you need Starbucks every day? Every single day? Some of y'all are more faithful to Starbucks than you are your daily devos. You know, you just hit up that Starbucks. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Bad. Listen, I know I'm getting all up in your kitchen right now. I understand that. I understand that. And, and by the way, I want you to hear this. None of that stuff is bad. Look at me. None of that stuff is bad. If you're in a financial spot and your lifestyle can allow you to do that, rock and roll. That is not bad. None of that's bad. Okay? But I'm just saying that maybe for us to get to the place where God wants us, it may take sacrificing some of those things so that we can get our house in order, 
so that we can start obeying and following God so that we can step into the blessing that he has for our life. I think it's very important. So by the way, I want you to hear this, that that's why I wanted to say this because I felt so deeply in my heart that some of you, you're like, I want to get there. I just don't see how it's possible. And I want you to hear that that is not a heart issue. That is a stewardship issue. And don't you for one second feel condemnation, not for one second, but I do encourage you always to lean into conviction from God that leads to positive change. And I want to give you two things that could practically help you if you're in that boat. And one of those is this book from, from one of my pastors, Robert Morris. We actually, this whole series, we've done, we've done content from his original book on generosity called The Blessed Life. And so the majority of this content has come from that. And so he's one of my pastors. We were, it's one of our sending home churches. And we were on staff there for five years, amazing church in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. And he wrote another book this past year called Beyond Blessed. And this is all about stewardship. And so I encourage you that if you want to learn about stewardship and what God's word says about that, I'll encourage you to grab this book. And, and if, you're, if you're not a book person, you can actually go back to their website and you can, you can learn about, um, they actually have a sermon series called Beyond Blessed at the very start of this year. And you can go and listen to the messages that he preached there. But I think that's a great resource for you. And the second is this is that every single semester in our small groups, which our small groups are a really big deal around here, and we do those by semester, and we'll actually start a brand new semester in February, the very first Sunday in February. February 2nd will be our start of our next small group semester, and we offer financial small groups. And I wanna encourage you that if that's you, we offer small groups to help you in this area to help you get your personal finances in order. And maybe that's the perfect step for you. And maybe you need to go ahead and just make a decision today. When small groups open up, that's the small group I need to do this semester. Maybe for some of you, this is your passion point and you need to lead one of these small groups. You need to help people walk through what you've already walked through. And so for some of you, maybe that's what you need to do. But I wanted to give you those two practical resources that may help you. So the very first level is tithing. Okay, that's the first. Then here's the second level. Okay, write this down. Second is offerings. It's offerings. See, I think it's really important that you understand that this is the first level. Tithing and then offerings. So let me give you a definition of what this is. An offering is when God speaks to you to give over and above your tithe. So it's when I'm here and then God speaks to you and he says, okay, give a little bit more or give to this or give to that or help this person out or anything. That is an offering. And so that is over and above your tithe. And I think that's very important. So next Sunday, the legacy offering that we're talking about, that's what this is. This is something that is over and above your tithe to be able to go and help people for a very specific thing. And so that's what he does. And by the way, here's what I want to highlight. You got to get this, that it's when God speaks to you. That it's not when you're manipulated. It's not when you're guilted. That it's when God speaks to you that you step up to this level. In fact, I love this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, it says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I love that 
because I believe that is biblical generosity right there. That it's, that it's something that you decide in your heart, meaning it's in advance, and that it's not ever done reluctantly or under compulsion, but it's also done with this cheerful heart. So the very first level is tithing. Second is offerings. And then here's number three, extravagant offerings. Extravagant offerings. Now, um, somebody told me recently, I, he, like, he liked to call this painful offerings. It's kind of painful. These, these hurt a little bit. And here's the definition of this. An extravagant offering is when God speaks to you to give extravagantly over and above your tithe. Now, the Bible is full of examples of offerings like this, of these extravagant offerings. In the Old Testament, David one time, he gave the equivalent in today's money of $2.1 billion to build a temple that he'd never see. And then Solomon, his son, when he came to be king, the custom at the time was to sacrifice one bull whenever a new king happened. Well, he ended up sacrificing a thousand. And then let me share one that you may not think of in Luke chapter 21. Listen to what it says. It's the first four verses of Luke 21, it says, while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts, their offerings in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more, has given more. Those two small coins she has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. And Jesus says, this right here, guys, circle up. Look, that is an extravagant offering, showing that it's not about the amount, it's about the attitude behind the amount. And in John chapter 14, we see that Mary, she gives this extravagant offering where she pours this expensive perfume at Jesus's feet. And in verse five of what we read, it says that that perfume was worth a year's wages. Now, maybe if you have an older translation of the Bible, they use a different word there. They use this word 300 denarii. And it's important to know that denarii is plural for denarius. And so just so we're all on the same page, one denarius in those times was one day's wage. So it was like, I go out, I work for a whole day, I get one denarius. And so 300 denarii is 300 days wages. So it's saying that that means I have worked for 300 days. And 300 days wage is one year salary that whenever you take out the time off. So let me ask you a question. Would that be an extravagant offering for you? Oh, absolutely that would. For you to give one year salary to God, of course that would be. And Jesus, he says, that that was an extravagant offering. Now last week, I had a very special moment. In fact, it was one of the most special moments that I've had since we started this church 64 weeks ago. And um, last week I had somebody come up to me in the lobby before service and through tears, they told me that they had been praying and that they had heard from God 
and that they were supposed to give one month, one month of their salary for the legacy offering. And this individual is not gonna be here next week and just said, I just wanted to personally give this to you because I know God told me to. And I'm telling you, it was one of the most special moments that I've had in this church. Um, it was amazing. Like it moved me. And here's what moved me. It wasn't the amount. It was the fact that it was so obvious that that individual had spent time with God. And the tears, it wasn't because I'm grieving something and I'm losing something. The tears were because I heard God. I've never met this individual before. I was moved because I was, I was talking with somebody that had been in the presence of God and that was rocked because they heard God. And I just, I just want you to understand it was such a genuine moment. It wasn't because of the amount of money. It was because they actually heard, there was no hype. There was no pressure. It was before service. Your boy hadn't even preached for two weeks. Like there was no guilt, there was no pressure. There was, there was not, it was such an incredible, genuine moment. I just, like, I don't even know if that person is here, but I want you to know that I am so proud of you. And more importantly, God is so proud of you. And not because of any amount, but because of your obedience that you did what, all, what he's calling all of us to do, which is be so close to God relationally that we can hear his voice. It's kind of like the it's me test on a phone, that you can hear God's voice. And it's just all our responsibility to do what he tells us to do. That's it. And that success is obedience. And so I'm so proud of you. Um, it was an amazing moment. Now question, why would God ever ask us to give so extravagantly. I think that there's a lots of reasons. One, it is so much fun to help somebody like that, to know. And I'm telling you, it, it's a blast. It is so much fun. I promise you, you'll never forget it. That's a story you could tell the rest of your life. But two, not only does it change other people's lives, I promise you it'll change your life. It will change your life. But also, I think this other kind of low key reason is that it's absolutely terrifying. And it requires this level of trust, this level of obedience and dependency on God, which I think he loves. But I think the number one reason why God would ever ask us to give so extravagantly is because that's when we are most like him. Because one of the things that I love most about God is that he'll never ask us to do something he hasn't already done. And he's already given the most extravagant gift to me and to you. And I love it. It's the most famous scripture. You see it all the time and you see it all the time, but I wanted to read it from a different translation. It's called the Passion Translation because I love how it puts it. It says, for this is how much God loved the world. Let me put it this way. This is how much God loved you and me, that he gave his one and only unique son as a gift 
So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. And he gave that extravagant gift. And here's what blows me away every single time I think about it. He gave that extravagant gift of his son just for the chance to have a relationship with you. He wasn't even guaranteed it. It was just for the chance to have a relationship with you. And I, here's what I believe. It's so easy to hear things like that, especially if you ever find yourself in environments like church and you can hear that and we can miss the weight and the magnitude of that statement. They can almost become white noise because somebody like me is supposed to stand up on places like this and look you in the eye and say, guess what? God loves you. Guess what? God's given his son for you. And it's like, we hear it over and over and over again. And we let the repetition sometimes lose the weight and the magnitude of that statement. And I can tell you what brings me back to reality is the fact that I'm a dad. I have two boys. I have two boys. I have my oldest son is Jordan. He's eight years old. He's like my mini me. He's the taller one. And then we have Caleb, who's our five-year-old. Somebody said, would you give up your sons? I couldn't be forced to do that, much less choose to do that. Never forget, we can be generous. We can, we can tithe. We can give offerings. We can even give extravagant offerings. But look at me, never forget, we can never, ever outgive God. Never. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And every single week, we love to take just a moment, just to breathe, and just to ask God, God, what are you saying to me today? Make it personal. What are you saying to me? Maybe ask him this, what does my response need to be to this message? And maybe for you, your response this week, right here, right now, is not to give, but to receive. To receive that extravagant gift that God has given for you of Jesus. And maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with God, like that seems so foreign to you. Maybe you're here and you feel far from God. Maybe you're here and you've never made the decision to follow God, to give him your life. Or maybe you have, but right now you just don't feel close to God and you need a fresh start. And we would love to give you the opportunity today to make the most important decision of your life, the decision to follow Jesus, to give him your heart. And so all we'd love to do is to pray with you. We're not gonna embarrass you, call you to the front, do anything like that. I just would love to pray, pray with you. If that's, the, if that's your response to today, you know that that's the decision that you need to make today. I just wanna pray a simple prayer with you. And if you wanna make that decision, I'm gonna ask on the count of three that you raise your hand and say, that's the decision. That is my response today. That before I give anything, I gotta receive. I gotta receive forgiveness. I gotta receive grace. I gotta receive a fresh start. And so if you're here, and you know that today your decision 
is to start a relationship with God or to restart a relationship with God. On the count of three, I just want you to put your hand in the air and we're just gonna pray together. On the count of three, that's you. One, two, three, just put your hand in the air. That's you, I got you, got you, got you, got you. Anybody else? Yeah, I got you, I got you. There, anybody else? This is a sign of faith. Hey, this is it's for you saying, hey, this is the faith. Got you, it's awesome. You can put your hands down. Just pray something like this in your heart. Say, Jesus, I love you, and I need you. I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me? I give you permission to do whatever you need to do on the inside. Will you just make me brand new? I surrender everything. I surrender all. I give you my life. I surrender my whole life to you. And today, on December 1st, 2019, I choose to follow you the rest of my life. I thank you for the greatest gift ever. I thank you for the most extravagant gift ever. I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for loving me enough and wanting a relationship with me enough to sacrifice your only son. God, we thank you. And it's through the mighty, powerful, awesome name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, church, can we clap our hands for those that just made that decision? Come on, there's about six, seven people that just raised their hand. Huge, huge, huge moment in your life. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com. 